This week, we're turning our attention to Director of Care, Derek Barron. Now, you may well be familiar with Derek. He's in charge of caring for uh, everybody across uh, all of the Erskine sites. And we'll learn a bit more about him from the man himself, because he's here right now. Hi, Derek. Uh, so tell us, firstly, a little bit uh, what it is that you do. In short, what is your role here at Erskine? So I'm responsible for the care across the four care homes, so that the care home aspect of the charity. So all the care to the residents, about planning future care, about ensuring that we're delivering the best quality care we can. Uh, And I'm the accountable officer, as it were, to the chief executive and to the board. So tell us about your career to date and and what brought you to Erskine, because I know that you've got a a rich history in in um, medical care, haven't you? And and now you're at Erskine. What's been your path? So, um, first of all, I'm a nurse, uh, and I retained being a nurse when I came to Erskine. Um, I started off many, over 30 years ago, in Greater Glasgow and Clyde, where I worked for 20 years, uh, and I left there to go to Ayrshire and Arran um, as the Associate Nurse Director. So that was a, an interesting journey down the coast, which I did for over 10 years. And a, a short time in the middle of that, I had a, a year or well, 10 and 10 and a half months in NHS Orkney, which uh, it sounds great. And, you know, you say, well, I used to go to work in a, in a plane on a Monday morning, which sounds very glamorous until you actually <laughs> see the plane. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's not quite as glamorous as it was a, it was appeared to be, but it was it was an interesting uh, an interesting time. I was only up there in secondment for, for that 10, 11 months. So I, I enjoyed that and then back to Ayrshire Arm. And from there, uh, I left, retired from the NHS and came to Erskine nearly five years, five years ago next month. So that is quite a varied um, a path, really, of, of obviously working in a in quite a, a busy uh, metropolitan area, and then out in in the wilds and some of the remotest parts of of the country, really. And there's some similarities with the NHS Orkney and uh, Erskine, actually. All of the things that I had to do in the larger boards, we had to do in NHS Orkney as well, but you just had less people to do it, so you became skilled at doing multiple things rather than having different departments to do it and it's a bit like that in Erskine we all have to turn our hand to a little bit to make sure we got all our our, thing, our systems and our governances work properly. And um, what really are the similarities and differences that other than what you just mentioned there that's a which is a great example but between working generally in the NHS as you have done for many years to now working within Erskine it's a, obviously a much different environment and you must get to know um, a lot of the, the, the people you're looking after a lot better. I think that's one of the, the joys of Erskine Union, that you, rather than the NHS, which is, and it's designed this way, it's about throughput, it's about getting people in, sorting them, patching them up, doing what you need to do, and then hoping to get them to move on. Erskine, you get to build relationships with people. But there's actually other, there are lots of similarities in terms of, I'd mentioned, governance. So our structure of governance about understanding how we're doing things, making sure we've always got that focus and quality, looking at how we can improve and how we can develop things. But also, I work with highly skilled, highly professional staff, just the way I did in the NHS. And I think the pandemic has shown us that not everybody understood that at the beginning. And bit by bit, people are starting to understand about the great skills that are required to work in a care home and to deliver that care 
And I guess that aspects of it is similar to the NHS. We're always pushing the how can we do it better? What can we learn? How can we make sure we've got the best care for our, our residents? I suppose one po point to me that is, I'm going, I'm going to say the word better <laughs> than the NHS, is the freedom to act. So we are more fleet of foot um, in Erskine than the NHS. The NHS is, is like that big um, ship that blocked the Suez Canal. It takes a heck of a lot of uh, effort and steam to turn it round to change its direction. Erskine were more fleet of foot. If we see something that um, is going to be supportive of our residents, something that they need, we are much more able to respond to do things like that. If we've got things that we want to change, again, following, say, research or some quality improvement, it's much easier for us to do that than it is when, when I was in the NHS. So I've enjoyed that aspect of certainly of working in Erskine. And you mentioned there the, the, the last year, of course, has been particularly challenging. And uh, I, I guess having those um, th those powers, if you like, and, and, and the ability to, to be a bit more agile to, to react to whatever it is that's thrown at you would have been particularly useful over this past year. How has the last year been for you as Director of Care at Erskine? Because it must have been hugely challenging. Hugely challenging, but it's also been one of pride um, and frustration. So I'll start with pride, because pride in how our staff have responded. Um, they've, they've gone the extra mile, they've changed shifts, they've come in done extra shifts, they've always gone above and beyond, they've put the residents first, but also they've put themselves in the front line. And so the frustration is where, for a long period of time, the, the media, the government, the press, didn't really understand and see how our staff were in the front line. A, an easy example of that is, and the NHS staff were getting priority in to go to a food store to get food, and yet our staff weren't. And it took Ian, who who wrote to our local uh, Morrisons, and then actually gave a, a letter to all of our staff to take to food store to say these staff are key frontline staff as well, and should be afforded that uh, privilege of being able to shop at a time, you know, because they're coming in, they're in the front line, they're looking after the residents, and then they would go home. They weren't always able to access uh, shops and things like that. So it's simple things like that that were frustrating. But overall, it was it was a time of, um, I think, great pride for me to seeing the staff, to seeing the residents, and to get the support from our relatives. We've had some fantastic uh, words from our relatives about the, supporting us, recognising that we were standing in for them as best we could during a period of time. And we were, we were nearly 20 weeks where we had no visitors into our homes. And that meant the staff were taking on their role as staff members, as people who cared, but also as substitute relatives. And, and I'm incredibly proud of the work they did in relation to that. And, and I think they've shown themselves in great light, shown, we always talk about asking about proud to care. I think they demonstrated that in buckets that uh, that proud and caring. What would you say you've learned the most over the last year and the lessons perhaps it's taught you? I, I suppose it reinforced what I'd always felt um, since I came to Erskine that the staff are extraordinary and they do extraordinary things every day. And and we use a, a, workplace, a, a social media platform called Workplace and I have great joy in looking at that and seeing how our staff put on uh, posts about things that are going on with the residents, you know, whether that's dancing, whether that's having parties, whether that's just simply sitting doing colouring in um, or doing artwork and things like that. It's just, 
it reinforces the joy of working in care and what our staff put into their, their everyday care. Um, yeah, it's it's been a delight to see that part of it. So in a way, that was, I, I knew it happened, but now to see it more often. The interesting thing as well, of course, is to see the number of residents who have taken to digital communication, they've taken to Zoom or Skype or et cetera like that, and they're quite adept at it. We even saw some people using email for the first time. You know, that's something you wouldn't have expected. It's a new skill, but our residents have adapted and in the main have managed to do that, and it's great to see. Yeah, I've heard uh, some good stories of, of lots of the residents really getting uh, getting on with computers and perhaps that is something that they wouldn't have been um, maybe minded to do quite so much were it not for for this. But a, a great skill and obviously rediscovering communications and ways of getting in touch with, with family members that maybe they'd, uh, they'd not spoken to quite as much through not knowing how to do that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. We had uh, one which I, I remember, uh, it was a 94th birthday party and we had it on, on Zoom. But what was great was that the resident could get to see a great deal more family members than if it had been in person. Because mm-hmm. you had uh, youngsters, you know, just fairly new, you know, less than a year old, right up to a 94-year-old resident, all being able to see each other on this big screen. And that's, that's just so different. You wouldn't have expected that, but it's another great way of making that uh, connection with people that we might not have had otherwise. Talking about getting into nursing, and, and clearly um, nursing within care homes has had a, a mixed press over the last year, what with everything that's been happening. What would you ta- say to anybody who's listening to this who is newly qualified or indeed qualifying at the moment and is considering a career in nursing, and, and maybe they should do that at Erskine? I would encourage any uh, newly qualified nurse who wants to embed their skills, who wants to develop their skills, is to come to Erskine. And if they choose, they can stay at Erskine and build a career at Erskine. We've got a career structure every bit as dynamic as they have in the NHS. Uh, we've got as many stages as they've got in the NHS, up to and including nurse consultant. There's not many care homes that can say that or, or give that kind of assurance to someone who wants to come and work uh, with us. So we'd be delighted to see a newly qualified nurse working with us. And I'm delighted to see we've had some um, who've gone on and and stayed with us. And we've got some who have never worked anywhere else other than in a care home, in a care setting, and have gone on to have a great career. Erskine's been proactive in supporting safe visiting across the four homes throughout the pandemic. And, and it's great now as well to to see pictures of, of, of more and more family members being able to, to get together and meet their loved ones. Some of which I know through messages that we've received to the radio station haven't seen for well over a year, 15 or 16 months or so. Um, this is really important. But what 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 is the importance to you for these visits? I think there's a there's a couple of aspects to that. First of all, um, we have a, we pride ourselves, and we've signed the Human Rights Charter as Erskine, along with Alzheimer Scotland, even before I came to Erskine. And, and I think human rights are about implementing those rights, even when it's difficult. And people have the right to meet with their families. They have a right to family life. So wherever possible, Erskine have gone to the fullest extent of what the guidelines will allow us and uh, and I think we are rightly proud of having been at the front of that about sometimes shaping those guidelines but even if you just come away from the human rights perspective and rights and just 
think about people. You know, we are people, people. And if we stop caring about people, then we really shouldn't be in the job. So we care about people. We care about families getting back together. We care about seeing the relatives uh, being able to come in. And it's a time of joy. I mean, we get to see youngsters, we get to see oldsters, uh, older uh, people come in and, and that the joy in their faces. And I can remember um, the, the first time when one of our, our relatives called Jackie came in and she hugged her dad. That was the first hug that we had seen in Erskine for a year and the joy in both her faces. So there's that about people. Person-centeredness means about actually making the effort to truly be person-centered. So we've, on all of our homes, we've gone to the fullest extent as quickly and as safely as we can and in terms of positive risk-taking. So we don't take foolish risks, but with positive risk-take, what can we do to the fullest extent to bring people back together? And I think that's uh, something we should be rightly proud of. And what makes Erskine different from other care homes? And there are obviously a lot of differences because the, the range of people that you care for is probably greater than than a, a lot of, of care homes or, or um, places that, that do this kind of thing. And, and the backgrounds are obviously very different as well. Yeah, I think um, Erskine, all, all four of our homes are purpose-built. So you're not trying to shoehorn into a, an old Victorian building that's not designed for what we want it to do. So when you come into an Erskine home, you'll see space, you'll see light, you'll see all of our homes look into some sort of greenery, some sort of garden, uh, and a residence uh, room. So that, that I think uh, makes us different, but also our staff makes it different. So the dedication of our staff, the range of staff, so we've got physiotherapy, we've got speech and language therapy, we've got advanced nurse practitioners, dementia nurse consultants, practice development nurse, quality improvement, all of these things add to and make Erskine different. And I don't know, Ian, if you've been to the Erskine home where our headquarters is, but just walking in there and looking at Harry's Cafe and all the extra things that we do in relation to that, these are just the things that make Erskine stand out for, for what they are. And we've got great support from our, our, our call them back office staff. Well, it's been great speaking with you, Derek. Thanks for sharing your story and how you found yourself uh, at, here at Erskine and uh, continue doing the wonderful work that you do and, and caring so richly for everyone uh, within the four Erskine homes. Um, one final question for you. Over to you. We're going to put you in charge of the radio station for just a bit. Uh, if you could pick a song, is there a song that we can play for you, Derek? Yes, uh, and I tell you, I think I've, I've been loving the show, and I haven't caught all of them, but I'm doing them on catch up. Um, so I, I think the power of music uh, we see, and we've invested in playlists for life in the past. And I think the power of music is just wonderful for what it brings and evokes memories. So. I'm going to bring out a side of me that probably no one ever sees. Uh, the, and I'm going to ask for a, a song by Elton John um, called The Way You Look Tonight. Because when I play that song, it reminds me of a night out my wife and I were at. She used to work in a golf club and we had their annual dinner dance. And we were, we were coming home from that from our friend's uh, house uh, after the event and everything. It was a great night. And, and we lived fairly close to uh, our friends. And so we started walking home and it started raining and she took off her shoes and we're walking in the rain. Um, but just that, um, the, 
when I play that song, it always reminds me of that night and how she was and how lovely she looked. She was dressed, and she's probably going to kill me for saying that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit a bit soppy. But uh, yeah, I think that'd be a nice song. I'd I'd like to hear an Erskine Daytime Radio. Fantastic, no problem. Oh, the biggest selling single of all time. That, by the way, not many people know that. I I did not know that. Nope. Because it was uh, it was a double A side. And that means that it's uh, got the joint honour, but it was a double A side with the um, Elton John "Candle in the Wind," the Diana song. Ah, so, right. Little pub Good. quiz, uh, little pub quiz, quiz question there for you. Yes, I'll, <laughs> fi- I'll file that one for future use. Absolutely, it might just win you something. Thank you very much, Derek. It's been great speaking to you, and uh, thanks for joining us. And all the best for the future, and keep up the great work. Good, thank you, Ian. and thank you for your the, the show. I, I think our residents are really enjoying it when I walk around and talk to my sewer staff. So, yeah, thanks for your doing it, and I'm loving the music. <laughs>